never let them stop your grind And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine Why? Cause you work hard to get there When you get stuck, look up, don't just sit there There's haters regardless, just do what you do You ain't through till it's finished, man, that's what winners do Hey guys, and welcome back to Maddie Costanzo's podcast. So I'm doing another one by myself today. Um, this lockdown is starting to get to me, and obviously I can't have people at my house. So um, yeah, so you're going to hear from me again, but we've got a little bit of a spin on today's podcast. So I actually reached out to one of my close mates, um, Elliot, and I said to him, what are like four common questions that you would think people would want answers to? Now, I my headspace was like, oh, he'll just go like something about fitness, training, and whatever else and he full went like left field and the questions are so much better than I thought that they were going to be um and so he hit me back with like five awesome questions um and then we had like another little thing he thought it was like questions for someone I was interviewing and then I said to him no they're for me and he's like oh cool this is going to be awesome to hear your opinions on this because he thought it was for someone else um I know like a, a few of these he probably like a lot of you probably maybe know a few of the answers to but This is the first time I actually sat down and I actually wrote the answers out. Sorry, the questions out and the answers um, roughly in like dot form. So obviously I'll elaborate on them a little bit in this podcast. But yeah, so this is like cool. This is actually different and I'm actually very excited for this one. So they there's five questions, like I said, um, they're around like kind of my opinion. So none of this is kind of like factual. It's just about me, my thoughts and what I think about these these questions. So we're going to jump straight into it. And the first question, you just nailed the first question. Everyone talks about success and what it means to them. But what does losing mean to you? I thought that was like, boom, let's just start with an opener there. So what does losing mean to me? I think losing means a lot. Um, Obviously, winning means a lot too. But I think losing is a big eye-opener for people like uh whether it be a game that you play or um I don't know losing maybe a job or losing a friendship or something like that losing can mean a lot and I think it is a very big uh learning curve for people um his next question was obviously what does like losing teach you so I'm kind of going to wrap it all in um together so I think losing is massive I think everyone needs to have losses in life whether it be big small whatever it is on the field off the field you know like friendships like I said anything um like losing helps you figure out who you are it figure out also it also helps you figure out who you don't want to be you know so like if you look at that from an athlete point of view when you lose you're like okay I don't want to be a loser I don't want to be the person that comes last or I don't want to be the person that gets defeated all the time so it helps you build character in that aspect because it figures out who you are and like who you don't want to be as well um it teaches you obviously life lessons it teaches you what not to do it teaches you um obviously what you were doing prior to the loss is not working or it's not good enough um and you need to work a little bit harder or change some habits or whatever you're doing um because obviously it's not working um i think another big thing is it shows you true colors um a loss really brings out like the the realness in people like especially if i have to relate this back to the football field you know you can see the players that aren't mentally strong and when they have a loss, you know, they um, do a lot of like immature things or if they're, especially in the middle of a game as well, if they're losing, you know, um, they'll do little immature things like slide tackling, um, dangerous tackles, um, silly mistakes, stuff like that. So I think a loss can show people's true colours as well and what they really think and who they really are. Um, it kind of takes that mask off people. Uh, like I said, it helps us grow. 
um, without a loss, you know, how are you meant to get better and how do you, and how are you meant to know like what a win should really feel like as well. Um, but it helps us grow in the sense, as I always say to people, um, people think my two ACLs were a massive loss to me. And okay, maybe at the time they did feel like a loss, but I always say my ACLs were the big, biggest blessings in my life. Um, and they were massive losses at the time, but I gained so much from them. And those two moments will probably be the things that changed me forever, the things that helped me grow into the person I am today. Um, obviously, those ACLs helped me figure out more about mindset, mental toughness, what I'm capable of, what I can really do, um, my whys, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I think it helps us grow losses. Um, another big thing is it humbles us, definitely drops you down a peg or two when you have a few losses. Um, I remember we were like one of our football team, I think we were like 11 games undefeated, something ridiculous. And we were having a shocking game. And I remember someone said like, these girls are due for a loss just to kind of like bring us back down to reality. Um, we didn't lose. We, we still won, but we got absolutely hammered at training for still performing badly. Um, and that's kudos to our coach. He always uh, pulls us back into line. But I think losing humbles us a lot. And I think that's why losing is a good thing as well. Um, it really brings us back down to reality. Um, and I was having a conversation with one of my clients this week saying like, you know, when life's really, really good, the universe has a way of bringing us back to centre and kind of knocking us back down and giving us maybe something a little bit bad or a little bit negative. And then like when we're going through heaps and heaps of struggles and a lot of negative things, the universe gives us a little nudge and like pushes us back up and makes us feel good again. So I like that that little concept of, you know, we always try and stay in that happy medium. You know, if we're doing well, something will bring us back down to reality. And if we're doing poorly, something will help lift us up. Um, and that's what a loss can do. Uh, it reminds you to work hard. Like, I don't know about other people, but when I lose something or when I'm not good at something, like my mindset's just like, I've got to work 10 times harder. Like, I'm not going to give up, but whatever I'm doing now, I need to tenfold it. I need to do it so much better. I need to do it more consistently. I need to do this, that, whatever. So I think a loss is really good to remind you to work hard. Um, and, and like, if we take it out of a sports situation and like friendships and stuff, like, if you lose a friend, it's like, well, how much effort did you put into that friendship? Or, you know, like those sort of things. So, yeah, and then builds resilience. I think a loss, like I said with my ACLs, they were a loss at the time, but they have built so much resilience um, in who I am and like how I look at situations now and what I do is like my resilience um, is definitely tenfold to what it used to be. Um, it challenges your mindset. So losing obviously really kind of makes you stop and think about certain questions. It makes you, makes you question yourself as well. It's like, can I do this? And it's like, yeah, I can. I just need to work hard um and it just reminds us that we're only human um I forget that a lot I have to have people uh teach me uh, tell me that a lot and teach me and remind me that I am only human um I feel like I'm very very hard on myself and when I do lose I take it very personal or when I have a loss um or I'm let down I'll take it very very personally um but it does remind me that I'm only human um I do have to work on that that's a weakness that I'm happy to share with you guys is I set very high standards for myself. Um, so then when I do have a little negative moment or a loss, um, I do have to remind myself that we're only human. So I threw that in there because I think that is very important. But yeah, that's what I think a loss means to me. So yeah, like everyone talks about successes and like, oh, I did this and it taught me that. But all my losses have taught me way more than all my successes ever have. All my setbacks, all my failures, all the moments that I've lost people, lost friendships, relationships, whatever it is, 
they've all been for a reason. Um, and like I think I've said in a previous podcast, something that I live by now is everything's only temporary. That's from a book, um, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Is like, you just need to enjoy what you have while you have it in the moment because it's not forever. You know, people aren't forever. You know, jobs aren't forever. Houses, cars, shoes, hats, whatever. You know, nothing's forever. So you just have to take it while you've got it. Um, enjoy what, why you had it and just think of all the good memories while you had it as well. Um, but yeah, so that's my answer to that first one. I liked that one. I thought that was really good to have a spin on looking at it from a different angle instead of just looking at the successes. Um, but yeah, so next question is obviously based around ACLs, um, but how did you overcome major injuries? Um, some recover quicker while others don't. So uh, I think I was like 19, 20, around that time I did my first ACL. And then I was like t- three or four years later, something like that, 22, whatever. And I did my second ACL. Now, the first thing I can tell you is like when, why do some people recover quickly and why do some don't? A little bit of a backstory. My first ACL that I did, I was like fresh 19, you know, my whole life I grew up and never snuck out, never really partied, never did anything kind of wrong, was always just like an, you know, athlete in football camp, staying as fit and healthy as I possibly could. So my first ACL, I literally was a little shit and I just went off the rails for about two months. I think I went out like, I was living in Sydney too, so I was living out of home, I was up in Sydney with mates and I think I went out Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, like, and I just, and I didn't really care, like, I didn't have, I hadn't had the surgery yet, you know, I was just like, oh, whatever, I'm waiting for surgery, I'm just gonna go crazy, and then it was like, as soon as I had surgery, my brain just switched, it was like, come at me, it was like, bring it on, like, I'm gonna show everyone that who I am, like, what sort of footballer I am, what sort of athlete I am, and like, I don't know, it was like this little switch in my brain that I literally just turned around, and they say 12 to 18 months recovery um, for an ACL injury and I came back my first grade game 10 months post-surgery. So that was kind of a, just a little, I just want to show you what I'm capable of. Um, so I think that's why I recovered so fast as I got just something out of my system that I don't think I ever did. And then I was like, all right, I've done that now. That's not fun anymore. Um, now I'm going to focus on football and show people what I can actually do. And yeah, so then I came back following season and probably won one of my biggest awards which was like the MPL2 golden boot for the whole competition um so if anyone doesn't know that or what that means it's like scoring the most goals not just for your team but for the whole competition so out of any of the clubs that are in your comp you uh, score the most goals so get to dress up all nice and fancy and go to a really nice uh dinner um and receive a really nice uh golden boot trophy and do a speech and yeah so that was, I think, why my first one was so quick to recover. I was just like, oh, I'll show you kind of thing attitude. And, you know, fresh 19-year-old, you know, I think I'm just like the best. Um, at the time, my confidence was like through the roof um, in that aspect, a bit like cocky. But then the second one, um, it was really different. Like I had different surgeries and that's something that I think I've touched on a few times is both the surgeries were very different. This second surgery wasn't as good um, and I really... When people ask what's the difference, I'll say don't do what I did the second time. So the f- backstory of first ACL, I got a donor ligament. So obviously someone that has passed on, I got like an Achilles tendon put in that knee um, and it's really strong and it was really healthy. And that's the only thing I had to worry about coming back from that injury was just my ACL and my knee rehab. Um, I didn't have to worry about anything else. But the second one, I didn't do that because obviously it wasn't available it obviously cost more money to have a donor ligament. Um, and so the second one, we couldn't afford that again. So I just got my hamstring, which is like the normal for most people when you have your ACL surgery. So they take a graft 
of your own hamstring um, and then they put it into your knee. So then you have to worry about rehabbing your ACL and rehabbing a torn hamstring. Um, and just because I tried to be a hero and play without an ACL, I stuffed up my meniscus when I went back to try and play. So then I was in a knee race for six weeks. So then I couldn't walk on it. I couldn't put any pressure on it. Um, and so that six weeks of no movement, I lost like all my muscle in that leg. So two completely different surgeries, two completely different um, rehabs. And yeah, so it wasn't the best. Um, and that definitely was a difference. But in terms of like not recovering as quick as I obviously did more damage the second time round. Um, and, but at least I had goals that time. Like I kind of didn't really worry. I did worry about recovery a little bit, but I had other goals. Like I had my business to run and stuff. So I set goals for myself while I was stuck at home. I was like, oh, I want to start a podcast channel, which is pretty cool because it's still happening now. Um, and yeah, just little things like that. I just wanted to learn new things and study stuff as well. So my second um, recovery has been super, super slow. Um, when I was due to come back and play, good old COVID hit in 2020. So then I couldn't see my physio, couldn't do the right training and stuff. And then when I could come back and play, they found out that my ligament had gone lax. So then, which means it's like stretchy and it wasn't in the right spot. So that's been um, an ongoing process and I'm still dealing with that now, trying to come back this year. And I was trying to play on it with it all strapped up. And then COVID hit again. So now we're just waiting for next season to get cleared. And I only need three weeks of like team training and then I'll be cleared and back. So yeah, there's too many factors that can go. That was a very long story. Sorry, guys. But I just wanted to give you all the info. Um, But yeah, that's why some people's recovery is quick and some others don't recover as quick. Is like you need to know the backstory. You need to know like everyone's dealing with something. Everyone recovers in different ways everyone's injuries are different everyone's surgeries are different like no one's the same and like that is me like the exact same person both like the same injuries like ACLs but they're completely different like the surgeries were completely different the surgeons were completely different and my comeback was completely different for both so I don't think you can really put too much on it like obviously it comes down to hard work but I don't consider myself to be lazy with my second one, like I considered myself that I did everything right. I was always at the physio. That physio owns like half my paycheck every week. Like I did all the right things and it still just wasn't enough. So that's a hard question to kind of answer fully. So that's kind of just my answer is just giving you my backstory and how I've dealt with all of that. Um, and then the second bit to that question was, what is your secret to getting back to where you were the quickest? Well, there is no secret. There's no magic sauce. It's just kind of like how much hard work are you willing to put in uh, with your injuries and with your rehab? It's like, are you going to, are you willing to spend the money, spend the time, sacrifice things, you know, like not um, eat shit, not drink alcohol so that your body can recover quicker. Make sure you do your rehab, stuff like that. So I think that's, that's the, the secret sauce. If you want to have anything, it's just like hard work and determination and how bad um, you want it. But yeah, so the next question, um, I had to think about this a bit because obviously lockdown and everything else that's going on, but my most recent achievement, why this one and what makes it special? So I actually had to think about this because I feel like I haven't achieved anything very good um, in the last few months, but then I actually started thinking about it a bit more and I know I have, but it just didn't come to me off the top of my head. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but I would have to say the things that I'm super happy with my most recent achievement would just be like my sponsorships and partnerships that I've gotten all in one month or two months. Um, so I went from 
no no help like with like activewear no help with supplements like nothing like that you know and then within a month or two I had Rhino jumping board um they're like a skins brand like for motocross and sports so you wear the skins like underneath um your clothes and stuff like that massive uh, massive brand massive shout out to them like they're so comfy the patterns are cool they just dropped the ladies range um and yeah they sent me all that stuff and like Michelle and Andrew like they're amazing um so Rhino is definitely I'm very very fortunate enough to like have them on board um and also Neglected Society which is like a local brand um around here he just always has looked after me for so many years um with my hats and stuff like that and clothing and everything but yeah he just he hooks me up with some hats and I'm just very very grateful for that like uh if anyone knows me I'm pretty much nine times out of ten I'm in a hat so that's definitely saved me some dollars there um then Swift Supplements jumped on board. So they, Jara, who the owner of they are, them, he's down in Victoria. Very, very smart man. Um, and he was more than willing to help me out with um, a partnership and trying to get some good supplements on board, not just for myself, but obviously also my athletes. Um, he also has been on the podcast, if you look back, um, has great insight about supplements. So if you have any questions, go talk to Jara. And then the LSKD was probably the biggest one for me in the sense that like that's just such a big brand, that's such a well-known brand. Everyone has something nine times out of ten that's LSKD, whether it's a, a hoodie, a hat, you know, um, a T-shirt, something like that. And then just, yeah, they just sent me a whole bunch of free goodies, um, you know, tights and hoodies and sports bras and sweat towels and drink bottles. So they're probably like my biggest achievements is just like my sponsorships and partnerships. I just think that's insane that I went from zero to four um, and – all of them I'm super, super grateful for. All of them um, have treated me so well, have given me more than I could ever ask for. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really appreciative of them. And that's why it makes it special because, you know, I kind of work so hard to obviously have a certain um, presence, obviously on social media and in person and stuff like that. And these guys have obviously seen that and they appreciate me for, for what I do and who I am. And that's why they're happy to help me out. So, they're probably like my biggest achievements at the moment um, and hopefully I can get heaps more in a couple more months and, you know, go from there. But, yeah, so question number four, uh, this is a good one. Um, I had a question – I had a, I watched a video actually, sorry, on this the other day and it sparked uh, my, my brain, I guess, going like this is so true, like this is how people look at us. But the question is what's something people don't know about your industry – um, or is like a common misconception or just something that you want to like teach us or um, educate people that aren't in the fitness industry. So I watched this video on like a trainer just saying like people think that trainers are like that we're cocky, that we have big egos, that we love our bodies, that we're full of ourselves. Like the amount of times I've been told that I'm like cocky, egotistical, like whatever it, whatever it is or even other trainers, like they say the same things when we have coffees and stuff like that. Or you see negative comments on social media towards trainers and stuff like that. It's like, oh, you love yourself. Like, you know, you're full of yourself, blah, 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 blah. And it really annoys me because we're not. Like, we just – we work hard for how we look, you know. Um, and we actually have the pressures to feel like we need to look a certain way. It's like if, you're, if your trainer isn't fit, then, like, why are they a trainer, you know. So I think I want to educate people with this question in the fact that trainers are human – trainers are just like everyone else just because we can um 
we're like confident enough to take our shirt off for a photo doesn't mean we fully love our body. And also like if we're confident enough to take like a selfie in the mirror doesn't mean we're full of ourselves. You know, like I think that's what I want people to understand is that we all have, um, I guess, insecurities. Like I have heaps of insecurities that I feel like a lot of people don't know. And when I tell people that, they're like actually shocked. I think I put a post up last summer um, as it was my first summer in a bikini and I posted it up just like being a little bit real going like, I've been so insecure about wearing a bikini. I normally always wear shorts um, because of the scars on the top of my legs from football, like slide tackling. I have heaps of just little like turf burns. And the amount of comments people were just like, I wouldn't pick you to be self-conscious about your body, blah, blah, blah. So people just assume that us trainers love our bodies from top to bottom, inside out. And we don't. Um, and there's this thing, it's called body dysmorphia, if anyone wants to Google that. Um, and it's like, no matter how hard we work, no matter how many weights we lift, no matter how much we do for ourselves and our bodies, we're never satisfied. We can always pick apart our body and we always want to be, you know, more muscly in our arms or more muscly in our legs, or we want a six pack, whatever it is. So I think that's something that I want people to understand with trainers is, Take a second when you look at a trainer and if they're taking a selfie or if they've posted a shirtless pic or if they've, you know, done something like those sort of things, don't just assume. I hate people that just assume all the time um, like that trainers fully love ourselves, that we fully are into ourselves, that we just think we're better than everyone else. Like we're not. We don't think like that. Like we have so many pressures on ourselves to be a certain way, to look a certain way, to walk a certain way, to wear a certain thing. Um, and even like with that wearing a certain thing, like it took me ages to go like in my head, I had battles in my mind going, Maddie, you're a girl. Um, you should be wearing tights and a sports bra when you train, not baggy t-shirts and a shorts. And like saying that out loud and to other people would sound so silly, but that is literally a battle that I've had in my head for years and years and years. And probably only the last year or two, I've been fully confident with going, nah, stuff that. I want to wear shorts, I want to wear boy shorts, I want to wear girl shorts, whatever it is, um, and I want to wear baggy t-shirts. And, you know, and then when I wear something tight, like when I wear tights and maybe a tight-fitting shirt or a singlet top, like a tank top, like a girl's one, and tights, the amount of people that say, oh, you're more fit than we thought you were, I like would look at them going like, what do you think I do for a living? Like, do you think I just sit on my ass and do nothing? Like, just because I wear baggy stuff doesn't mean like I'm not fit and they're like oh you look good in tight stuff I'm like like obviously it's a compliment and I appreciate it and I always say thank you and just move on but it's like because I was wearing tight stuff I got a compliment but like when I wear baggy stuff it's like oh Maddie you look a little bit skinny today like oh you're you've slimmed down or you know you've lost weight and stuff like that so it's just like it's such like a our industry is just so image-based and I wish it wasn't as much image-based but it is um and hopefully maybe over time that does change but yeah that's just something that I wanted to educate people on with that question um and the last question is again a bit personal um if you can and you want to share what is one secret that helps you do what you do so I thought this was really cool and obviously a lot of people know my why by now if you've listened to previous podcasts or had me on social media the first thing that obviously helps me do what I do is I just don't want to let people down you know I don't want to let my family down. I have a family that I would love to look after uh, for the rest of my life. And obviously when I create my own family, have that support network for them so that they don't have to worry 
And if my kids or my partner want something, you know, we can comfortably get that. Um, another thing is obviously the kids I train. Um, and I didn't know where I was going to share this or not, but I was like, oh, no, actually, I'm going to just put it out there. But over the last few years, the kids that I train have obviously become very special to me. Like my kids that I train, I see them almost like my own kids. They're like all like little brothers and sisters to me. Like I'm very protective of them. Um, I want them to feel like they're safe when they're with me and they can open up and talk to me about if they're getting bullied at school, if they're having trouble with schoolwork, if they're having issues with their mental health, whatever it is. Like these kids are a big part of my why now. Um, and a little insight that I, yeah, like I said, I didn't know if I was going to share or not is probably if it wasn't for my kids, I would have retired from football already. Um, when I was coming back from my ACLs and, you know, these kids were here with me through all of that, like a couple of them. Um, and they saw me, my knee brace and they saw me still turn up to work every day in my knee brace when I was meant to stay home and stuff like that. And I just wanted to prove to them that, no matter what happens in life, you, you can't just sit back. You can't just let things go. You can't just give up because things got a little bit tricky. Um, and then obviously a couple of my kids suffered their own injuries um, with you know, broken femurs, um, torn calves, stuff like that. And their attitude was like, because they're so young and they have nothing else but school and sport, straight away their first thought was like, how long until I can get back to play? How long can I get back to play? And like my mindset wasn't really like that. At the time, I almost was like, yeah, I'd love to get back and play, but I have a business to run now. So they reminded me going, like, hold on a second, Mads, you're an athlete. Like, you shouldn't be retiring yet. You're still young. You're only 25. Like, sort your shit out pretty much and get back in that mindset that I can do this again. So my kids actually, um, yeah, they're a massive secret to why I do what I do is that they remind me of to be young, to be free, to just have determination to do what you love and not kind of fit into the society of the norm to just working 24 seven um so that was probably that's a big thing and then obviously random people on social media that when I get messages saying like uh Mads you're my motivation or Mads you've helped me through so much I've loved this podcast I love that post you've actually you know changed my life in the way I look at things and like you don't even coach me and stuff like that they're the da- they're the messages that make my day and they're the messages that go fuck yeah I literally can't give up on what I'm doing right now like I have too many people depending on me to just stop and give up so when the days get hard like I have I have hard days like I'm like I said I'm human I'm trying to learn to be more human I think about my family I think about my little kids that I train and I think about even the random people that message me and going like you are my motivation you are who I look up to like that that's my secret that's what makes me pretty much do what I do. Um, And then the last thing that I'm going to leave you with uh, that I'm very big on is I would hate to live with a what if. Like when I did my second ACL, I did consider not playing like at all again and just, you know, eventually having surgery. I wasn't too worried about when I had surgery. I was like, okay, that's it. My time's done now. And then I just couldn't live with the what if. Like I just couldn't live with the what, what if you did have the surgery and what if you did play again and what if you did make it to the professional leagues or do you know like there's just too many what ifs like and I couldn't deal with that I can't go to sleep with a what if I'd rather lose something or learn a lesson from something than play it safe and then just live with a what if for the rest of my life so that's that's my other secret to being successful it's like I can't do a what if you know when I send an email to a massive company like LSKD 
Like, I'd rather them turn around and go, Mads, I don't want to work with you, than me going, what if I did send that? And they said yes or no. Like, I don't know the answer. I'd rather just know a yes or a no. Um, same with the school talks. When I first did a school talk, you know, and then started emailing other schools, I was shit scared because I was like, who am I to say that I can come into schools and do school talks? Yeah, I'm a trainer and have a few extra qualifications, but I'm not a teacher. I didn't go to uni. And now look at me doing school talks all over the place and um, stuff like that and being asked to do guest talks on Zoom and everything like that. Like that. And that was all because of a what if. It's like I'd rather ask the question and be told no or lose or learn a lesson from it than sit there with a what if. That, that's, that's my secret to also helping me do what I do is I just don't want a what if in my life. Um, but yeah, so that's the podcast for today, guys. Hopefully you learn a little bit more about me, um, about mindset, about anything else in life. If you guys have questions or want to talk more about certain things that I've spoken about today, please feel free to shoot me a message. Other than that, thanks, Els, for the awesome questions. They were. I'm definitely going to have to come back to you for some more questions. And yeah, that's it, guys. So have a good day, night, evening, wherever you are and listening to this. I always appreciate you guys listening, if you could do me one favor and maybe share this to a friend or share this on social media to help get my podcast channel out there, that would be a massive help. Anyways, Joe, never let them stop your grind. And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine. Why? Because you work hard to get there. When you get stuck, look up. Don't just sit there. There's haters regardless. Just do what you do. You ain't through till it's finished, man. That's what winners do.